Welcome to the next podcast. Welcome to another episode of the next podcast. Today I have a very special guest with me, Daniel Boyer from Southland Properties. How's it going? How's it going, Daniel? It's going good, man. I'm yeah. spending time with you. It's always a good day. <laughs> it's good. I think it's uh, like I think it's real awkward like starting starting podcast just because like we already spoke and we already initialized our introduction no and problem. it's like another introduction. I get it. Um, but yeah, man, I I wanted to you, when when I was doing I remember when I first met you met you uh, John Reyes introduced me to you. Yes. And we went out to go do a property. One thing that I noticed is that you literally know everybody in in <laughs> Glendore. I remember you saying something that you were going to have um I think you were meeting with the the mayor soon or your my father is actually your father's yeah, he the was mayor. the mayor, yeah. Yeah. And like in that moment I was like I swear like <laughs> this guy's the mayor just because everywhere we go I'm like, "Oh, you know, like Daniel, is it okay to do this?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, you know, I know the guy, you know. Right, right. We can go ahead and do that." <laughs> and so, how, how did you grow up out here in Glendora? So yeah, so I grew up in Glendora, basically born and raised uh here in town, went to all the schools locally here in town. Mm -hmm. It's funny, I met my wife, you know, at Glendora High School when we were 14 years old. I mean, she was at my 15th birthday, which is just kind of crazy. We actually met on the basketball court at Glendora High School. School. She oh, played uh, varsity four years basketball. I played uh, at Glendora as well. Mm -hmm. So we actually met there. And it's funny, we both uh, decided, you know, to, to get out of here for school. Mm -hmm. uh, we went up to UC Santa Barbara, mm -hmm. uh, both of us, and said we were never coming back to Glendora. <laughs> um, and now here we are years later. Yeah. I work downtown Glendora. She works at one of the middle schools here in Glendora. Nice. So, I mean, it, it doesn't get more Glendora than that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, having roots in a town, spending a lot of time in a town. Um, you know, but I'm a big guy in relationships. I mm -hmm. mean, in, in my world, life is all about relationships. That's what I love about this occupation and being a real estate agent mm -hmm. is we just get to meet so many different people, have so many different conversations, strike up so many different relationships. You know, my wife gets mad at me because every client usually ends up turning into a friend. And she's like, <laughs> you know, we don't need more friends. We, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. don't have time as it is. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it's kind of just that lifelong process of, of growing up in a town and mm -hmm. trying to do what you can mm -hmm. to give back to a town that you start meeting everybody how was santa barbara santa barbara's paradise yeah um i will be a thousand percent honest we're still trying to figure out how to get back there um, <laughs> okay. not that it's happening anytime soon but our uh, ultimate goal is to retire in santa barbara somehow mm -hmm. um it's probably going to be a little one bedroom shack uh somewhere but mm -hmm. we would be happy with that santa barbara is just it's it's unbelievable mm -hmm. the weather is perfect the people are nice i remember when we got up there f uh, for college and i'm on the freeway and everyone's driving like 30 miles an hour and i'm mm -hmm. like what is wrong with people yeah you know, get out of the way this is we're from la mm -hmm. and then you realize they have nothing better to do you know it's just a bunch of rich people with nothing better <laughs> to do in their day so why not drive 30 miles an hour in beautiful yeah. weather yeah um so it's just, it is it's paradise the mm -hmm. people are beautiful the the weather is beautiful the whole place so mm -hmm. i remember when i used to because i went to the cc yeah and so when I went there, anytime I would like commute back and forth, like <laughs> I would always tell my uh, my roommate that was right. with me because he was from Beaumont area, like over here too. And uh, when we would drive out there, I'd be like, hey, notice the cars get nicer right. and nicer the closer <laughs> you get closer. closer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But the CC was beautiful. I mean, that football field was mm -hmm. one of the nicest places, yeah. you know, views in town. So the CC is unbelievable there as mm -hmm. well. It's, a, it's just a great place. Mm -hmm. So once you got back from Santa Barbara, like what, what was the point where you got into real estate? So basically what happened is I, I went to school and I honestly wanted to be an architect. That's kind of where uh, mm -hmm. my background started. I was trying to get into a school with architecture. Mm -hmm. um, 
UC San Diego was my number one choice, which I didn't get into. I got my denial letter on my birthday, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of uh, was crappy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got into UC Santa Barbara. They didn't have architecture, and actually the closest thing they had to it was mechanical engineering. Mm. Uh, so I ended up applying for a mechanical engineering degree, thinking that I was going to transfer after two years and, and get into architecture after I get my general ed stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. Went up to Santa Barbara, and I didn't want to leave. <laughs> so I said, I guess I'll graduate with a mechanical engineering degree. Yeah. So that's what I did. I, I graduated with an engineering degree started looking at uh, jobs in engineering what's funny is when I first started college the average engineering job coming out of college was about 85k a year mm, mm-hmm. um, and so I thought I was getting into a good field everything was great was the economy changed in 2003 when we graduated it was funny I mean Microsoft uh, Hewlett-Packard mm-hmm. you know all of these major companies were offering high, college kids basically 35k a year oh, really? because everything had changed so they were getting rid of kind of their their long-term mm. employees and downsizing and there's a ton of engineers coming out so mm. the market was kind of pretty bad for for engineers at that point in time what year was that that was in 2003 oh got it uh-huh. um you know i was fortunate enough that i actually had a father back here in town in real estate mm-hmm. and so as i started looking at things you know and, and thinking about engineering uh, engineers are just different people, you know, I, I, nothing against them, but they like to be in their cubicle. They like to work mm-hmm. by themselves. You know, it's not so much a team effort and a lot of talking going on and yeah. things like that. And so as I started thinking about it more, I was like, it's just not me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of got this opportunity to work with my dad for a little bit, uh, in the real estate business. Mm-hmm. And so came back and kind of worked as an assistant for him for, for that summer while I was trying to figure out what to do and just fell in love with it. I mean, yeah. you know, again, getting to talk to people, getting to, to take t- people out and kind of show them things. My love of architecture, which is what I kind of wanted to start doing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, came into play as people had questions about if they could move walls or do things like this. So it was actually uh, kind of the perfect fit. And I just, yeah. I just hit the road running, man. Yeah. Why architecture? Like what got you into architecture? You know, just, just the building aspect, uh, you know, to drive by something and say, I built that and, mm-hmm. and it's there. That was one of the disappointing things about engineering. I mean, when you think about engineering and JP, and spaceships and rovers and this kind of stuff and then when you actually look at your job and you know your job is to make this little tiny bolt mm-hmm. uh, you're not building a spaceship yeah, you know? yeah. and, and it is a team effort and I get that but it was one of those things where you're going okay I'm just responsible for this little <laughs> bolt yeah, that goes true. on the side of the spaceship uh, whereas with architecture you know you put something out there and, and you see it and you drive by it that's mm-hmm. yours yeah. um, which is kind of cool so I mean that's kind of where the dream started. Mm -hmm. Uh, I grew up in a family. My dad was always an investor. Mm -hmm. So flipping houses and things like that when I was young, Mm -hmm. I remember being four or five years old with a hammer, you know, and he would just put me on a wall and say, take this wall out and spend, (laughs) you know, hours just sitting there with a hammer trying to take out a wall. Never really actually did anything, Yeah, yeah. but definitely fell in love with, uh, with that aspect of it. Do you feel that that like had a, um, like a really big impact on like your real estate career? Uh, I wouldn't say really big impact because mm-hmm. of the time difference in between. I mean, again, when, when my dad was flipping back when, it was probably you know early 90s, late 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just like now, times change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was a long stretch where flipping didn't really make sense, so we didn't really do a whole lot. So yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a different aspect. But again, my love for houses, I think, has always kind of been there. Yeah, most definitely. So when you first got into real estate, was it – I know, I know me when I was in real estate, like it was kind of like reality check, right. like as soon as you got hit, would, did, was it like that same thing for you? 
You know, it was. Um, I will be honest. I had a little bit of a head start just because, again, my father was oh, in yeah. it. So I was kind of taking on some of his younger clients and different things like that, mm-hmm. which is the hardest part. You're getting into real estate. You're starting out. Where are you getting your first clients from and finding that business? Mm-hmm. That's the tough side. Mm-hmm. Um, I was walking into a situation where at least, you know, there was a little bit of business kind of right. being handed to me. Right. Um, I don't know if I'd say it was enough to be successful in this business, but mm-hmm. it was enough to, you know, try and help put food on the table mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you know, but at that point in time, I'll be honest, I was a hustler. I was taking mm-hmm. anything I could. Mm-hmm. I was driving out to Beaumont. Uh, I was driving out to, you know, past Ontario, wherever we needed to go mm-hmm. to take any deal we right. would do. Um, back then I remember we sold a house up in, uh, San Francisco, uh, <laughs> you know, got in the car, drove up to San Francisco. It yeah. was, uh, my uncle's friend who had a house up in San Francisco. And I was like, you look, if I can get, you know, if I can get something out of it, I'll go up there mm-hmm. and sleep in my car if I have to, to yeah. get the deal. But it's yeah. like, you know, when you're starting and that's something I see in a lot of newer agents that sometimes it's hard to take or, mm-hmm. or give that advice, but it's like, you can't turn down anything. Yeah. You know, when I, when I talk to some newer agents getting into the game and they're like, Oh yeah, I had this opportunity, but it was going to be in long beach or something. And I didn't want to drive out there. I'm going, you drive out there, you take <laughs> yeah. any opportunity you can mm-hmm. to try and build, you know, that, that reputation. Right. And I still get that now where people ask and they say, Oh, you know, you're young. How'd you get to where you are? And it's like, well, because back then I worked every deal I possibly could. Right. Um, you know, so that's, that's probably my biggest advice to young people getting into this business mm-hmm. is, I mean, if it's a lease, you take it. Yeah. If it's a deal in Beaumont, you take it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's the experience um, you know, of learning that aspect and, and everybody's a client. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I know this is kind of like out of left field, but did you used to play basketball, right? Yes. That was like your sport. Yeah. That growing was my up. sport. Do you feel like that helped with business? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I played basketball at Glendora high school, uh, in, in the late nineties, uh, in 99, when I graduated as a senior, we were actually ranked 10th in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, Five, all five of our starters went D1. Mm, wow. uh, one went pro in basketball. One went pro in baseball. Mm. So, I mean, the, it, we were kind of a high-end program. Yeah, yeah. Um, our coach back then was very strict. <laughs> I mean, to the point where we treat we were treated basically like a D1 college. Yeah. Um, you know, we had to wear certain socks every day, certain height. <laughs> Uh, we had to be at the gym. You know, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it was a very strict upbringing in that basketball uh, court Mm -hmm. and my wife was brought up actually but in the same aspect so Mm -hmm. I mean my wife's basketball coach in in high school was actually coached by my basketball coach oh so the rules and and applications and everything were kind of the same and I'll be honest I mean here we are 20 years out of high school and we still apply those things to our kids and to our life I mean I'm early to every appointment Mm -hmm. Uh, you know I have somewhat of a a dress code you know I'm not wearing flip-flops every day Mm -hmm. Uh, and so all of those aspects of, of basketball, as well as the competition side, yeah. um, you know, and, and for me, just like it was back then, I just want to beat myself every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, hey, aren't those agents or these agents competition of yours? And I've always said, you know, we're all teammates in this game. Uh, buyer's agent, seller's agent, we're all working to try and get the deal done. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can end up with a deal with a happy buyer, happy seller, and both agents happy and getting paid, it's a great day. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think too many agents look at that as a negative or try and think of it as a competition or this mm-hmm. person's doing better than me, you know, spend every year doing better than you did the following year. Right. And eventually you'll get up there to where, you know, you're, you're killing it. Yeah. It's like a respectful competition. Right. It's not a, cause I feel like there's 
good competition and there's bad competition. Right. Where you're like, <laughs> well, and too yeah. many agents, especially young agents, are just getting into it. Don't realize that everyone's life is different. Mm. I mean, there's agents who their kids are in college, they have nothing else to do, so they spend you know all of their life on on work right now. There's other agents who have four kids mm. and you know are trying to make every single sporting event they can make with their kids. Yeah. Um, so I mean, everything is completely different, and you got to realize that that you can't just compare you to someone else you know yeah. straight up because it's it's a different world yeah that's true yeah that's super true yeah because i remember i remember when i i still like talk to real estate agents right. like these days and uh well today and um they like tell me a story about how they're in escrow and they're like oh my god like what's wrong with this agent and da, 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 da. <laughs> and i was like i was kind of like getting into that mindset as well i'm like okay if you're gonna be in the game like be in the game right da, da, da. But I think I think you're completely right. Like having that empathy, empathy to understand. Like, well, I, the other agent that might be on the other side of this, she might have four kids right. that she's dealing with, and she has like a full family schedule on top of her work schedule, on top of all that good stuff. Right so. now, don't get me wrong. You still gotta do your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, it is a, it is annoying in this business where there's certain agents who do their job and there's certain agents who don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everyone's got a story or something going on behind doors and things like that that yeah. you don't know about. Yeah. You know, so. What a uh, position did you play in basketball? Uh, well, being that I'm only five ten, and that might be an exaggeration. <laughs> uh, you know, I was a point guard all in all. Nice. Um, I love distributing the ball. I love mm-hmm. to running the court mm-hmm. i didn't care about scoring so much as i did about you know kind of just being the leader which is why mm-hmm. i got into coaching and things as i got older mm-hmm. um i love strategy man it's yeah. it, and and i apply that same thing to real estate it's you know what can we be doing differently or what can we do to uh, try and get ahead of the game mm-hmm. um and that was the fun stuff about about running basketball yeah too. it kind of fits your like persona right you know because you're into architecture and then you're a point guard probably, right probably uh you know uh dissecting defenses exactly with your uh you know strategy which is your offense and 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 i'll be honest that's what the real estate market is mm-hmm. i mean the real estate market is uh sometimes we're on the offense as real estate agents you know trying to attack it and say hey okay we got an opportunity we can be flipping right now we can be doing this mm-hmm. sometimes you're on the defense where you're going okay the market's changing and now things are happening we might just want to sit back and you know play a zone mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> and see kind of what happens over the next couple months and then figure it out from there so mm-hmm. i mean it's 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 all applying, you know, those same aspects. Yeah. So when you got into real estate, was it, two, is it 2004, 2005? Or? So it was funny. I actually got my real estate license in 2002. Okay. And my first job was to kind of find my parents a rental property back then. And mm. so I found a rental property uh, the summer of 2002 before my senior year of college for them. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. They actually fought me on it. They didn't like the property. <laughs> and I said, look, this was your job you gave me. This is what I found you. Mm-hmm. Um, so they ended up buying this house while, uh, before I went back to school. And in the year that uh, we, we had that house, my parents had that house, mm-hmm. it went up 148000 or something like sure. that. <laughs> so they sold that when uh, I got out of college. Uh-huh. And you know, my parents were like, well, basically, you, know, you helped us find this investment. So uh-huh. they took all of their money back, and we split the investment oh, or the, uh, uh, the capital on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what helped us purchase our next house and mm-hmm. kind of get things moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I got in the business and just kind of you know, fell right into it, loved that aspect of mm-hmm. it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I will be honest, and this is something a lot of younger agents get into, too, when you make money on your first deal, <laughs> you want to spend you know, money on your. You, you get you <laughs> yeah. get kind of it's exciting, and uh-huh. a lot of people get into this business the wrong time. They lose money on their first you know deal or two, mm-hmm. and it's the exact opposite. Yeah. So so I got lucky. I mean, we got in at the right time. We got hungry, and uh, and things just kind of took off. Yeah, explain the roller coaster 
that you went through? Because were you still in real estate when 06, yes. 07, yeah. and then 8, 9? Yeah, so I'll be honest with you. I mean, we hit a point, and it was probably right in the mid-08 mm-hmm. um, that I started questioning what we were going to do. Because, I mean, it was getting ugly. Things were starting to go south. I saw it coming pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was in the wholesale mortgage business, so we kind of saw where things were going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went out and used my engineering degree and went out and got a contractor's license. Oh, nice. Uh, thinking that, hey, if things go south in real estate, I need a backup plan. I need something else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and got my contractor's license thinking that, you know, this will be a backup for us. Um, and then all of a sudden it got a little bit worse and worse. The mm-hmm. market was getting worse. Um, and an uh, agent here, actually, the broker, when we purchased this office, Dennis Beckwith, mm-hmm. uh, came to me and my father and was like, hey, I found a property and I think we should flip it. And it had been a long time. This is my first time as an adult, you know, looking at a flip property. Right. And they were basically saying, Daniel's got his contractor's license. You know, let's buy this. We can fix it up easy. We had a, we had a crew mm-hmm. and get these things going. So actually, uh, it was the end of 2008 that we did our very first flip. Mm-hmm. I was a little house in Azusa. We were buying houses in Azusa for $130,000, uh, $135,000, <laughs> yeah. and um, you know, putting twenty to 25000 into them and selling them for three hundred and fifty. dollars And so our very first one, we did it. We killed it, and it was like, holy smoly, this is, you know, this is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so 2009, I'll be honest, real estate side wasn't the best as far as having clients buying and selling. But we did 30 flips in 2009. Um, and so when you think of that, that was 60 deals, mm-hmm. uh, buy and sell, plus mm-hmm. the construction side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2009, personally, was actually a really good year for us yeah. uh, to kind of figure out that aspect of it and, and money-wise as well because mm-hmm. we were getting uh, in on things. We were kind of the first cash in this area yeah. to be able to start picking those things up. Yeah. Uh, 2010, I decided to kind of take this out to other people and go to some investors and try and find people with money. It wasn't easy back then because yeah. nobody had it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I went out and tried to find investors though in 2010 and get them to, you know, on the board of, of mm-hmm. doing things. And we were in a position that I would buy it for them, I would fix it for them, I would sell it for them. Uh, I had one investor That's out crazy. of state who never even saw properties. He was just sending me money. Right. Money would come in, money would go out, and he was perfectly happy with it. You know, we were mm-hmm. on a 90 day to 120 day turnaround on properties. Mm-hmm. And investors were making very good money. Yeah. So it was uh, it was actually a very unique time for us um, that we you know we were able to be in that position, and it was basically kind of random because I was scared of the real estate market that ended up uh, putting us in a position to kind of take off with it. Yeah. Um, and so we still do flips to this day. We still have the construction crew all set up. We're still able to provide our clients with all of that. It's just, you know, any real estate agent out there right now trying to do flips knows it's mm. not as easy as it, as it was. And there's a lot of cash out there right now. Yeah. So it's a lot harder to do. Yeah. 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 The, um, you are one of the first agents that <laughs> either I haven't interviewed enough people or <laughs> you're probably one of the few that actually said that you stayed in the game during that time. Right. And not only that, but you like thrived during, right, the, during that right. time. Right, right. And, you know, I, I, the nice thing about real estate, there's always a way to make money in it. Mm-hmm. There's always a way. I mean, there's so many different applications, and I even tell young people, you know, getting, don't know what to do or something, you can get into real estate business. You can be a lender. You can be escrow. You can be title. You can be an agent. You can be assistant. I mean, there's so many different aspects of this game. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure out a way, there's always a way to, to make money in it. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from from somebody was every single person on the street is a client. Mm. 
There is not a person in this world that doesn't want to buy real estate or buy more real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if they own a house, they want multiple. They want rental properties. If they own rental properties, they want more rental properties. Mm -hmm. If they don't own a house, they need a house. So, I mean, yeah. it's one of those aspects where we're in a position that every single person that walks by us is a client mm -hmm. or a potential client. Um, and so, you know, it's just figuring out the way and, and adjusting. And like we were talking earlier with the basketball strategy, mm -hmm. it's trying to look outside of the game and see what's next. Yep. Yep. Um, how, how do you go about, I actually have like friends right now that are like, you know, Cam, like, I know you were in real estate, like I'm trying to flip property. Like, how do I go about doing that? If someone was getting into that, what's like the ABCs of that? The ABCs of flipping properties, mm -hmm. uh, is way different today than when it was when, when I was doing it. So I'll be honest, I, I'm very conservative when it comes to flips. I don't take, I don't take risk. Uh, I'm not going to chance losing money. Mm -hmm. uh, back in, you know, 08, 09, we were buying houses again for like 130, 140, putting 30, 40,000 into them and selling them for 350. Mm -hmm. Our goal was $100,000. So if we mm -hmm. could buy it for two and sell it for three, it was a decent flip. Nice. The issue right now is those same $200,000 houses are all of a sudden now $500,000. <laughs> and so you're spending $500,000 plus putting your 30, 40 into it. So you're in at 550 mm. and selling it for maybe six. And you're, you know, to spend five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars to make twenty, thirty thousand doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit tougher game. Um, I will be honest with you right now. If you're trying to get in the flip business, look out of state. Mm. Um, you know, Smart. we're doing some flips in Arizona. We have some flips going in Ohio. Um, and with that, it's a whole different game because it's a relationship game. You have to find connections, mm. uh, agents that you trust, contractors okay. that you trust. Yep. Um, but it's still possible. I mean, you can buy houses in Arizona for $130,000, put 10,000 into them and you're selling them for 200. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's a whole different game, but it makes a lot more sense than investing that 600,000 to mm -hmm. make that money. Yeah. What do you like? Where do you find the houses? Uh, well, Again, for me, it's not finding the houses, it's finding the agents okay. um, and establishing the relationships with agents. Mm -hmm. When you look across the country, you know, you go back to these areas of Arizona, Idaho, Montana, Ohio, these places. I mean, they don't have people with $200,000 cash sitting in mm -hmm. an account like we do out here in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, you know, L.A., some of our investors have $10 million, <laughs> you know, yeah. $15 million in the account. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's just baffling to them when you call them and say, hey, I'm an investor. I'm looking for properties back there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll do probably three to five a year with you if you can find these properties and do this. Let's mm. start with one. And they want to prove themselves. Sure. Right. And if you can find a good agent who you can establish a good relationship with, um, you know, that's that's where we're finding the, the profitable game right now mm -hmm. that makes sense. Do you still look for that 100K profit or is it, if we're looking it at now? outside properties? Yeah. In California, that you're I mean, that 100K is not going to get you very far right oh, now. Really? Um, you know, so it's just a different game. But yeah, if, if we're spending under like the two to two fifty on a property, mm -hmm. that 100K will still get you there. Yeah. Um, you know, because I mean, if I'm spending 200, 250 thousand dollars on a property, and I'm going to make 25 to 40 thousand. Right. It's that's that's a good investment we're taking. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, all the people on, on YouTube, the, uh, I see a lot of the, uh, like, uh, I would call them infomercials, right, right, the, right. the ads of like, right. you don't need money to get into the game. Is that true? Um, no, that's not true. I mean, what a lot of people are doing right now, there's a lot of businesses and a lot of scams going on trying, you know, trying to get people in the flipping game. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. A lot of people are, are wanting in because it sounds great. Um, look at HGTV. Every show you see on mm -hmm. there is these flippers making a ton of money. I mean, the sales pitch is unbelievable right now if you're trying <laughs> to sell flips. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
the issue that we're seeing, and I could drive you around town right now and show you probably 20 mm. uh, flips where people got into them, and they're going to lose. Mm. Um, you know, They're on the market for way too high because that's what it has to sell for for them to make money on it, mm-hmm. and it's just not going to happen. Um, so it it is tough. What a lot of those things, though, that you're seeing on TV and that kind of stuff is – if you can find people properties, mm-hmm. they'll give you a portion of it, and you don't have to pay anything. Mm, um, yeah. And that's the same thing. You know, my phone rings at least ten times a day with people with cash out there saying, "Daniel, if you have properties, bring them to me. You can represent me. Mm-hmm. You can sell it. You know, plus we'll give you a portion of the profits." This because that's how hard they are to find right now. Right. So I mean, investors are willing to do anything right now to try mm-hmm. and pick these properties up, mm-hmm. and there just aren't any. Yeah, yeah. Because I I see a lot of those like uh, like those ads on Facebook right. where it's like, "Hey, you know, get into this game with zero down and." Uh, the even the like the even if you had like a right. low margin like 10 15 20,000 sounds real good right. to, <laughs> to right. someone that's real that's starting out right but i'll tell you man i mean i was in the business i was flipping i didn't want anyone else to know what we were doing i mean it was <laughs> too good to be true yeah you know yeah, i was yeah. trying to keep it a secret mm-hmm. uh it got the point it got to for us was we ran out of money i mean oh. we could only buy so many houses at mm-hmm. a time and mm-hmm. then we were you know we were out of it and so that's when I took it to investors. But these guys on TV and the radio commercials, I mean, if they're bringing you these deals, why aren't they doing them themselves, making mm-hmm. the money? You know, it's a lot like coaching and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always say those who couldn't play coach. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but when you look <laughs> back at it, um, you know, it, that stuff, yeah, you can't fall for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super true. Yeah, because I know, I know now we're in just like a – it's just like the the world that we're in right now and and i think it's social media like how easily accessible consumers right. are right now and it's easy to make a um piece of content i mean right. all you need is your cell phone right and so i mean i see all the guys on there that's like oh yeah you know i bought this lambo and that lambo right. and this house and that house with you know flipping the game click here and you can right. learn all this those guys annoy the hell out of me <laughs> yeah yeah uh, well then look up their house on a uh, title and see how much they owe and- yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but no it's 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 fun and you know it's again some people are doing well at it and there are there are opportunities mm-hmm. out there um but most of the game right now is slowed down major. Yeah, very true. So, uh, you still flip properties to this We day? still flip properties. Uh, we just did one. Actually, it's closing February 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I would say back then we were doing, you know, 30 to 50 a year. Mm. Now we're probably doing three to five a year. So, it is it is a different game. Do you more – so, now you f- focus more on the retail side? Now we the, focus more on the retail side, yeah. And, and so, Southland Properties, that's yours? Like, that's your – brokerage or yep i'm the owner and broker of southern properties me and my father actually bought it about uh, 14 years ago mm. um he's we've been partners uh for a long long time he actually mm-hmm. ran for city council like i said he was the mayor of glendora mm-hmm. uh, when that happened we kind of removed his name uh from the project and, mm-hmm. and took his name off of the team just because we didn't want to mix politics and business yeah. um you know it was a, a situation and a decision he wanted to make i said hey whatever you want to do you can do mm-hmm. um but you know we didn't need residents whenever you run for anything political you know right away 50 percent of the people hate you 50 percent of the people love you <laughs> that's true um and so you know we didn't want anything negative coming back to our company mm-hmm. from him being involved in the city and doing the, those types of things so right. um he's still involved he's still an agent here uh he's doing all kinds of stuff he's getting ready to retire so he's oh, he's nice. trying to have some fun and, and mm-hmm. figure things out but he's loving the being on the city and helping with that aspect of it yeah. as well yeah um but yeah yeah um what's it called so for the 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 retail side of the business um would you say that let me see so when it comes so you explain like the abcs of like the flip side right abcs of the retail side 
because I know it's a totally different game than investing. ABCs of the real real estate side basically are I mean relationships, relationships, relationships. Mm-hmm. There, that's A, that's B, that's C. <laughs> um, you know, this it's funny. People say this is a sales game, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know a lot of other brokers will disagree with me. A lot of people listening to this podcast will probably say, "Hey, you don't know what you're talking about." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of brokers say, "Get out there and door knock, door knock, door knock." You go hit a thousand doors, and and you know you're gonna get opportunities, and that's mm-hmm. not false. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that's false. It's mm-hmm. true. You hit a thousand doors, you might get a couple. Mm-hmm. But for me, uh, it's a completely different aspect. I've never door knocked. I've never cold call. I don't really? believe in them. Uh, when people show up at my door, I get mad. I, I refuse to be one of those people, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to other people. When I get home, it's my family time. I'm having dinner with my family and, you know, someone knocks on the door trying to sell me solar. You know, I know they're hustling and I, I understand that and I mm-hmm. agree with it, mm-hmm. but that's my family time, man. You know, I'm trying to, trying to enjoy sure. Yeah. Um, and we don't get a lot of that in this business. We work a lot. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a, a different aspect. And that's where, again, talking, you know, kind of the basketball strategy, what's outside of the box? What can we be doing that's different than what everyone else is doing to still try and bring in that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that income? Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it turned out it was relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I can meet one person who knows a thousand people and I can get that mm-hmm. one person to understand, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is what, uh, you know, uh, is my goals and my dreams and I need your help to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's been astronomical for me. Yeah. Um, I do talks and different things. Uh, Coach David Halpern, who a lot of people in the real estate business know, I've done some, some talks for him and I talk about the top 12, um, which is what I kind of preach to newer agents and stuff, mm-hmm. which is my top 12 people in my circle who are friends, who are, sometimes it's family, but I kind of say go outside of your family, mm-hmm. um, clients, ex-clients who love you, things like that. But pick 12 people and just take care of those people. Take mm-hmm. them to lunch once a month, uh, you know, drop off a gift at their house every once in a while, call them, check on them, mm-hmm. keep it, you keep in touch with them, help them out, whatever their business is or things they're doing, mm-hmm. and ask, you actually have to ask for it in return. But tell those people, I need one deal for you, from you this year, mm-hmm. just one. Mm-hmm. And if you can get 12 people to get you one deal, which isn't that hard when you really think about it, yeah. you know, yeah. one deal, you're doing 12 deals a year, and that's successful for most agents. Yeah. That's, that's a healthy, I mean, when I started in the business, that was my goal. If I could do one deal a year or mm-hmm. one deal a month, 12 deals a year, I, I'm killing it. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've really kind of preached that and spent a lot of time with that with my agents and my brokerage as well as other agents out there. Mm-hmm. Look. You get to one person who has a thousand contacts. You only have to knock on one door to hit a thousand people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, and and so that was kind of the opportunity and thing that I took. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and then started applying that even to a more broader scale and going, okay, why have, you know why have I been thinking of trying to hit mm-hmm. individual people to? T- or they need help with something. A lot of master boss, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they say, hey, do you know anybody? Do you have somebody for this? Uh, so I started going to large corporations and large companies and trying to sit down with the owner and establish relationships with the owners of these companies mm-hmm. and say, hey, what can I do to become part of, you know, your organization that yeah. I'm the go-to guy for you? Yeah. Um, I've been doing a thing called uh, um, Stellar Staff where I'm dropping off Portos to businesses as well. Oh, really? Um, at once a month on a Friday, we go and get a bunch of Portos. We stop by a company and just mm-hmm. drop off, say, hey, your staff is amazing. You guys are great. The community cool. loves you. Mm-hmm. Here's a bunch of Portos. My brother-in-law works at Portos. So here's a bunch of Portos for you. The Cuban restaurant? The Cuban restaurant, oh, yeah, down man. in Burbank. So <laughs> so he uh, he brings that up for me. We deliver it to you know to a staff, and, mm-hmm. and we're trying to establish relationships with those businesses because mm-hmm. there's you know, 50, 100 people that work at those businesses. Mm-hmm. And again, it's knocking on one door, basically, to hit a hundred people rather than having to spend the whole day yeah yeah doing it um, 
Um, that's that. First of all, I need to get on your list of businesses <laughs> you go to. No, I love. So my mom's Puerto Rican. Okay. And um, that she absolutely loves that Cuban restaurant. Yeah. And I, she takes me there sometimes when we passed over right. there. Oh my goodness, that they're um. It, I think they have a Philly cheesesteak yeah. there, don't they? Oh my gosh, too good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the problem uh, with having a family member work there. It comes home yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um. So with relationships, I think it's crazy that you say that, that um, where you say that, you know, sales is a very important skill that you have right. to have when it comes to being a real estate agent. But on the flip side, it's like the relationships that you build. So I know, I know, I know two people in real estate, Right. two people that do very well in real estate from what I've seen is people who are very businessy, very sales, right. very markety, you know, branding. I need to have my logistics in play, right. handle consumers, all that good stuff. And then the people that are just like, I just go to lunch with a bunch of people. Right. And I just talk to a bunch of people. And they right. genuinely have great relationships right. with those people. They just so happen to do real estate. Right. And and I'll be honest with you, both methods work. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. If, if you're a numbers guy and you stick to the book and the, you know, the things that the coaches preach, if you go and knock doors, I mean, you're going to be successful. If you're mm -hmm. a hustler and you hit it that hard, it, it's going to happen. On the flip side of it. You know, it was funny. I was having a, a conversation with one of my agents not too long ago, and he's like, man, what do you think about, you know, this purple bricks and this mm -hmm. this Rex coming out? And, mm -hmm. I mean, this whole thing where our clients – and I looked at him and I said, not one of my clients is going to call those people. <laughs> like, when my clients think of real estate, they call me. Mm -hmm. They would – you know, I, could, I couldn't show up and look one of these clients in the face if they listed their house with purple bricks. Mm -hmm. You know, they would be embarrassed to, like, <laughs> to see me ever again yeah. because we've established those relationships that mm – -hmm. No, if you're doing real estate, you're calling me. I mean, yeah. there's no question about it. Yeah. And so when you have and set up those relationships, those are more powerful, you know, in my aspect than the numbers game. Because mm -hmm. that numbers game, when times change or people are doing discounts and yeah. things like that, yeah. you know, the number game doesn't always play this play out the same way. Yeah. I know an agent in the uh, the Redlands area. Yeah. His strategy, literally. So, like, I was, I was talking to him and not to put him on – because his right. business does really well. Right, right, right. And so – I, I was talking to him one day and I'm like, well, what CRM are you? Cause I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm like you where I'm like a strategy. Right, guy. Right. What CRM are you using? He's like, well, I don't. Right. I was like, wait, you don't have a CRM? Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah. And mind you, this guy closes like 30, 40 deals a year. Right. And so, and so I was like, okay, well like what's your marketing strategy? And he's like, um, don't have one. I don't, I don't have one. <laughs> and then while we're talking, he's like looking at his phone and then he's like, Hey, um, you know, I'll talk to you later. I have to go have lunch with this guy. Right. One day I went to lunch with him literally i'm not playing daniel literally the 40 minutes that we right. were eating lunch three people it was a wife of one of his friends right it, it, it was a group of women another group of women came up and one of the husbands knew him right and it was just like i'm like watching this in awe like whoa like it is like really networking and relationships right. and it's like genuine relationships it's like genuine relationships yeah i yeah i know a lot of a lot of people that just go to these events just trying to pitch right and it's like create a genuine and that's, relationship and that's one of the things you know again i i've been involved in a lot of community uh organizations mm -hmm. you know rotary um friends of rotary the glendor education foundation i mean a lot of these different things that i volunteered on and, mm -hmm. and been involved with for years mm -hmm. and it's funny because we'll get a new board member and they'll like 
hey, can we meet? I'm like, yeah. They're like, okay, I've been on this board for three months and I haven't gotten any business. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, then you're missing the whole point. The point of being on this organization is to do good for the community and give Mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. If you're coming on trying to get sales out of it or trying to get deals out of it, it's not going to happen because people see that and people don't want that. You know, people want people who actually care and are Mm -hmm. inspired and and want to do good for the community. And as that builds the relationships, you know, I have gotten a lot of business out of the social organizations that mm-hmm. I've been involved with. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely not the reason I got involved with them or the reason I was looking to, you know, to get from them. Right. It's just been kind of an added bonus. But I think it's similar with relationships. People think, oh, if I went to lunch with this guy, he's going to now, you know, have to send me a bunch of business. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I do say, sadly, in this world today, there is very little out there where people are not looking to do something to get something back. Mm, mm-hmm. Everything is a give and get. Um, and, and, you know, even with charities and things like that, organizations like that, it's it's a lot of it. I've seen it when, you know, you're going out and trying to raise money. Mm-hmm. It's, well, what's what's in it for me? Right. And I, I do believe the next generation is even a more what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. Not that it's anything against them. I think they have to kind of be starving and hungry and what's in it for me to, to make a life right. as it's gotten harder in Southern right, California. Right. Um, but you got to go in with that mentality. Mm-hmm. What am I doing for this person, you know, that they would want to give me the business? Right. Um, they're not just going to give me business because I'm asking for it. But, mm-hmm. hey, if, you know, I'm taking care of them, if we're going out to dinner and occasionally, you know, I pick up the bill, if I'm asking if they their kids need a ride home from school, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and helping them out that way. Um, I mean, whatever it might be. I have a friend right now. He's in Spain. He's got a three-week-old baby. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're taking his wife dinner, uh, <laughs> you know, when she needs it. We're yeah, there yeah. if she needs anything. My wife was like, if you need to go for a walk, we'll come over and watch the baby. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's how can we help you? You know, yeah. How can we be more helpful for you or your business or whatever it might be? Right. And if you spend the time doing that, it will come back. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you know, I, I've always said you can never expect it. Don't mm-hmm. ever think that, you know, something's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, it will, but don't don't expect, expect it. Because yeah. as soon as you expect it, that's where things go south and the relationship never actually happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that because um, I've heard before, like, do, when you give to, like, a homeless person, right. don't, don't don't give to make yourself feel good. Like, just, right. you know, do, give to. Because it's yeah, the right just, thing to yeah, do. Yeah, just because it's the right thing to do. Right. That's smart, though. Because, yeah, like I said, I know a lot of real estate agents that, like, it, that's a great example where he's going onto the board to get business. Right. And it's like, you should be going onto the board to Do help good. the community. Right. Yeah. To help the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people will see that. You don't need to ask for mm-hmm. it, you know, or, or recognize True. it. So it's it's just a different mentality and a different way that people go about things. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with, I think, I think, uh, like, on another note, well, on the same note, um, social media helps that even more like helps relationships even more i think it's i think it's relationships on steroids absolutely if you're if you're generally trying to create relationships because yeah go ahead well yeah i mean social media is a a blessing to real estate people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i mean i probably average about 10 to 12 deals a year strictly from facebook instagram Mm -hmm. uh and those things Mm -hmm. and it's amazing and even my wife like she'll be in line at the grocery and someone's like hey how did you guys enjoy your vacation (laughs) or whatever and she's like i didn't even know who this person was Uh, yeah you know (laughs) but it it connects relationships or how many times as agents you know we get phone calls from people we haven't seen since high school Mm -hmm. but like hey daniel we you know i need we need to list our house we wouldn't think of anybody else and Mm -hmm. i'm like wow but they feel connected to you because they've seen you on social media they see how your family's doing and you know you keep up on this kind of stuff right so i think social media is a huge um impact and a huge tool for us mm-hmm. but similar to 
the community service organizations, you know, so many people get on social media and they're trying to sure. think of what's the right way and right, right things to post and mm -hmm. how can I make this get business back to me? Mm -hmm. And just like it is with the other things, I think if you're trying to get business from it, mm -hmm. it's not as easy as it is as if you just live. Right. Um, you know, people don't want to see all houses. Mm -hmm. People don't want to see all, you know, this. Mm -hmm. um, people don't want to see your Ferraris all the time. I mm -hmm. mean, that can turn people off, you know, or whatever yeah. it might be that True. that all of these other people are posting. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's important to kind of just live your life and create relationships through it. Mm -hmm. But if you're going into it with a strategy of trying to figure out how can I get business from this, sometimes that actually hurts, I think. Yeah, very true. I, I believe there are strategies to get business. Right. Like there, there, there is a right way to market on right. there and, you know, pay for ads and stuff like absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but but I definitely 100% agree when you say when it comes down to the relationships, like hop into someone's DMs because you're trying to actually help them with something exactly. rather than trying to, you know, pitch, 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 pitch. And so I, I feel like... Uh, feel like you're 100% on that one. Exactly. And I mean, it's, it's those little things, you know, a DM is just as uh, important as a text. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if you can get people to DM you, there's, you know, I get yelled at all the time because a lot of times we don't put prices on our post. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, I'll get five or six people posting, hey, what's the price? What's the price? Mm -hmm. Rather than posting it, you know, I direct message them and say, hey, here's the price. Right. You know, do you guys want to meet up and see the house or what's going on? And it starts that conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the whole point of behind not putting the price on there. Right, is now right, I just right. striked up five conversations that, you know, that I'm building a relationship with mm -hmm, whereas mm -hmm. if i put that price on there i never got that opportunity to, yeah. to build that relationship so i mean there is strategies and things that go into it for sure mm -hmm. um but like i said i think people can realize when you're over trying to sell yourself online yeah. compared to when you're just living life and you know people want to deal with genuine people yeah in your opinion what's been the most difficult part for you like personally about real estate about real estate like any challenges that really got you stumped you know, the hardest part I would say at the beginning was being young. Mm. Um, I was really good on the phone. I was really good on email, but I would show up at people's houses. You know, I started at 22 years old. Yeah. Um, and you show up at people's houses and, you know, they'd start laughing, mm -hmm. thinking like, wow, you're going to sell my house? How, <laughs> you know, how old are you, kid? Very true. Um, and this and that. So, I mean, that was always uh, the biggest difficulty, I would say, as, as a younger agent. Mm -hmm. Sadly, I guess I'm getting to that age now where I don't get that as much anymore. So uh, <laughs> That's great because you still look young, too. <laughs> it, it's uh, good and bad. Yeah. Um, but the, the biggest difficult thing, I think, is, is to stay hungry and focused and, you know, into it. It mm -hmm. really is an emotional roller coaster business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I tell my agents all the time, you're either unhappy because you have too much business and you're stressed and you're, you know, going crazy because you can't handle it all, mm -hmm. or you're unhappy because you don't have enough business and you're stressed because you need more business because you got to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And there is no sweet spot mm -hmm. in this business to where you can just kind of say, hey, life is good. I'm going to take it good. You know, right. you're either building or you're, you're falling. Yep. Um, and so that's the hardest thing, I think, is it takes a certain personality and a certain perspective mm -hmm. to understand, hey, you know, I always have to put in this hustle. Right. Um, you know, my wife's in education, nothing against them, but they get summers off, yeah. um, you know, and it's a nice refresh button. Mm -hmm. In this business, there is zero refresh button, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and my wife will sometimes try and compare it. And she'll say, well, when you close a deal mm -hmm. and move on to the next one, that one's closed. And I said, yeah, but there's four or five others or, yeah. you know, going on at the same time it's mm -hmm. never hey i just closed 14 deals and now i get two months off and then i'll start another 14 <laughs> deals yeah and um, you know so it is a different mentality just the way that, that this mm -hmm. business is mm -hmm. um i've always said this isn't a job it's not a career it's a lifestyle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and it really is it's, it's your entire life yeah um my wife 
uh, at the beginning of this career, it took her a little while to figure that out. Like mm -hmm. she thought on weekends, you know, we're home and we don't need to do things. Mm -hmm. Well, no, we're still, you know, we're still going to birthday parties at birthday parties. You know, I'm working it still. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. trying to create relationships and meet people at birthday parties. And those mm -hmm. are potential clients. Uh, you know, when we have people over to our house, the, you know, the conversation always turns to real estate, mm -hmm. which is the, one of the nice things in our occupation. Yeah. Everyone wants to talk real estate. Um, so we don't have, you know, we usually don't have to bring it up to people. Mm -hmm. Usually you're in any crowd around any people and the question comes to you, Hey Daniel, how's the market? How's yeah. this? Hey, I saw this house over there, yeah. you know? And so it's extremely important to know what's going on mm -hmm. to be able to answer those questions when people ask. Yeah. Your refresh button is from, uh, depending on when you go to sleep to when you right. wake up. <laughs> right. And even that time, most of the time I'm dreaming about deals or issues or things we're, yeah. we're dealing with or having nightmares about the exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. um what do you what do you feel is the probably one of the biggest challenges like for like the real estate game as a whole like for the real estate industry the real estate industry as a whole is when I first started in this business real estate agents respected ourselves mm. um and that's probably the biggest negative that I'm seeing right now and again, I understand that people are hungry, people have to pay the bills, people are trying to get business. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, dropping commissions to these numbers that I'm seeing out there, right. um, you know, I always hate when I see real estate agents selling their own home and only offering a 2% or a 1.5%. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, don't you respect your own business enough mm -hmm. to understand that we're worth it? Mm -hmm. And I would say that's our biggest issue right now is if we don't truly feel that the value we are giving our clients is worth it. Mm -hmm. We have major issues. Yeah. Um, and that's across the board. And so, you know, I would say that's a, a tough issue for agents who've been in the business for a long time because we're up against, you know, young people getting into the business who are willing to do anything they can to get a deal here mm -hmm. and there. Mm -hmm. So I, I understand that side of it. But the truth is we have to hold ourselves to some value and realize that we are worth it. And if mm -hmm. you're not worth it, get out. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if you're not worth what we get paid to help our clients do what they're doing, Get out. Go get. Go find another job because you shouldn't be in this occupation. Right. You know. So that's that's the biggest hurdle I'd say right now that we're up against, and that's where you're seeing all these purple bricks and these Rex real estates and all mm -hmm. of these things. Mm -hmm. um, the truth is, though, you talk to anybody who's used them, they've hated them, they've thrown thrown their money in the trash, and mm -hmm. they're calling us now. You know, spending double because they already paid that, mm -hmm. and now they yeah. need to try again. So I mean. I don't foresee those as major issues down the, the place. This will always be a relationships game. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just as anything else, people need advice from somebody they can trust. Mm -hmm. But you have to establish those relationships to understand your value. Yeah, yeah, no, most definitely. I know, I know, yeah, the, the <laughs> I, I've seen some agents that, like, they're, their only strategy just because and I think is the result of what you're saying their right. only strategy it's is price. like yeah you know what hey I'll work with you because I'm desperate for a deal right. for one and a half percent two percent I'm the cheapest and so yeah and but, so and sadly those those agents just aren't going to be able to get you the best deal for your house yeah you know I heard that there's I heard uh you know just from just from like talking to a lot of real estate agents right. and specifically guys like yourself who are like type top producers and at the you know top of their game I've come to realize that there's like, there's two types of agents at the end of the day. Like a lot of people say like, oh, the internet's gonna, you know, destroy, like Zillow's gonna destroy right, right, agents right. or whatever it is. I think Zillow and Purple Bricks and all those companies are gonna destroy real estate agents that don't take the business dead serious, like you're saying. Right. The professionals, Right. those are the ones that, are, you guys are gonna stand out even more just because like you said, it's like, you know, after using Purple Bricks right. and seeing what I told you, right. now come to a professional. And, well, and that's, you know, I've I've established a lot of client relationships in which 
you know, I, I would say in the last two and a half years, I made a client a million bucks mm. because of properties and opportunities I brought him and he's an investor. And so we were able to do things. Um, he can't find that at Purple Bricks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even clients that are looking to sell here and just move out of state, mm -hmm. uh, when you work with them on, you know, how they can figure out, uh, you know, you set them up with a tax accountant and how they can figure out the best strategy to use mm -hmm. to move out of state. And then mm -hmm. you hook them up with an agent and even maybe get on a plane and, you know, fly back there to make sure and hold their hand that they're doing things. I mean, there's value in what we do right. when it's done right. right. Um, but so many people get into this game. They're just trying to get the quick commission. Prices are high, you know, mm -hmm. two, three, four commissions a year. If I, if they can get that, they're happy. Right. Um, but it changes everything and, mm -hmm. and it's sad. Yeah. Is there, um, is there a, I mean, not to <laughs> we keep throwing out purple bricks, but all of the, all of the like um, new innovative technology companies that are coming out in the real estate realm that it's like, Hey, pay us 2,500 and we'll right. do everything for you. Is that for, so is, is that particular like a uh, company for a seller? Like, is there, is that a good way to go for some type of seller that it'd be beneficial in their circumstance? You know, I would never say beneficial. I would say if you're looking to unload a property, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's the flipping game or, you know, even a year, two years ago when the market was extremely hot mm -hmm. and things were going quickly, if you low price a house and throw it out there, you'll get offers mm -hmm. on it and, and, you know, what whatever it might be. Right. The question is, you know, there's so many things in our business that people don't understand. I mean, you miss a checkbox on a, on a purchase contract, it yeah. can cost you 10 grand. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and so our job isn't always just getting the offers. A lot of our what we do starts after the offers come in. Mm -hmm. uh, walking our clients through the escrow process, making sure everything runs smoothly, making sure if they're doing a 1031 exchange that everything's done you know correctly, mm -hmm. um, evicting people in a house if it's a rental house that they're trying to sell. I mean, there's so many things that we do on top of just getting offers. Mm -hmm. um, and so is there a benefit? maybe at some points mm -hmm. depending on the situation mm -hmm. but i would say that's maybe only two percent of of the overall game right um you know just like anything else you're not gonna you know go i mean people do it but i'm not gonna walk into court and try and you know uh, fight <laughs> on, fight some that. battle <laughs> yeah. in, in the law system when i don't know anything about law right uh, i'm gonna hire an attorney who i trust and i know is gonna do the best thing for me mm -hmm. and whatever he tells me to do i'm probably gonna do yeah um and so that aspect of it i just don't see being able to get replaced yeah yeah daniel i really appreciate your time man is there anything on your mind that you just want to get out there is, there, is anything going on? Are you involved with any charities or? You know, yeah, like we're that? we're uh, we're involved in just about everything, which is always fun. The Glendora Education Foundation. I actually had, they forced me to take a year off. My term was up, so mm -hmm. I spent six years on that. Uh, four as president. Uh, this year I'm off, although I still go to all the meetings and help out with everything. So yeah. I'll be back on that next year. Um, Friends of Rotary, we're doing all kinds of stuff. We have a, a you know beer festival downtown Glendora that we do every year. We do nice. a poker tournament and things. Um, so you know we try and try and stay involved in all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but my whole thing is stay positive. This is going to be a good year. Mm -hmm. I think uh, real estate wise, 2019 is going to be a great year. Right. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and we're excited to uh, to be part of the game. Yeah. Well, wish all the success to you, Daniel, for this year, and uh, I really appreciate the time, man. Thank you for the opportunity. Yep. All right, buddy.